we're kind of an investor. And so we're in long term, you know, the same way VCs come and say, hey, we're going to invest in this company and we're coming with these lawyers, coming with these contacts, this network to kind of build this company so that it's better, it can grow its value. That's actually what we do for podcasting. We approach the creators very much as a startup mm -hmm. and we work with them to build their product, and help them bring themselves to market. Africa X. Create your life. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series, and I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. And today we are joined by two phenomenal guests from the same company that are here to give us the gospel about podcasting in Africa and the role that they have in making some of the biggest podcasts on the continent. We are recording from their studio, Simabox which is based in Nairobi, Kenya, my new home as of 2021. And I have a special place in my heart for them because they have welcomed me with open arms. Ladies and gentlemen, I am talking about none other than Mr. Dan Aceta and Ms. Doris Anyango. Dan and Doris, please say hello to the Create Your Life family. Hello. Hey, hey how are you doing? Hello. Yo, thank y'all so much for being on this episode. It's a pleasure. Awesome. So y'all are doing some amazing work. Simabox means a lot to the podcast ecosystem, which is still growing here on the continent of Africa. So I guess from the beginning, I just want to jump right into it. Can y'all tell us what Simabox is and some of the amazing things that y'all have been able to do so far? I know y'all have done a ton of episodes and downloads and things like that. Give us the gospel on what y'all have been doing. Yeah, maybe I can start with that one. So Semabok is a podcasting studio. We actually started out as a podcasting incubator. That was actually the first goal. We thought that the podcasting community needed some support on the technical side because people were struggling with becoming audio engineers also, in addition to having a great story to tell. So we started Semabok to solve that problem. The idea was let's invest in the technical side of production, support people tell all these stories, and then let's see where that goes. We've morphed a little bit. So these days we also support the actual production side and help people create. And we're kind of like a content investor right now. We invest early in content ideas, build them up and hopefully get them to a place where they can start to earn revenue. So in that journey, we've produced now over 600 episodes in the past year. We're so happy that we've actually achieved that. A little over 5 million listens across the platforms. And we just learned this week that our creators and creator network has earned almost $50,000 in partnerships and things. And so we're really happy about what's happened so far. And we're really excited for the next chapter. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Loving what I'm hearing. I should say that that almost $50,000 is from January 2022. <laughs> oh, wow. So that's three months. Yo, kudos to y'all. And I get to see y'all, you know what I mean, on a regular basis. And I love the way that y'all go in and that y'all collaborate. I'm like, I'm looking at Batman and Batwoman. <laughs> you know what I mean? How did y'all get connected? And then also, how did y'all get into podcasting? I have known Dan from 2005. <laughs> <laughs> so, long time ago. A long time ago, back when we were still singers. Well, he's still a singer. I'm not. You're a retired singer I, these days. I am a retired singer. Yeah. I've known Dan as a friend for many years and then he had a recording studio. That was when in 2013. 2013. Yeah. Yes, in 2013. So we used to sing live together and then we joined the studio. I joined the studio as a recording engineer mm. then in 2013. Then I left to go to school. 
for my master's degree. <laughs> Left me all alone in the jungle. <laughs> Doris, how could you? <laughs> I know my school was so far and my job was on the other side of Nairobi. So I was like, I just cannot manage. I got another job and then, you know, the pandemic happens. Right. And it happened to many of us. In January 2021, Dan called me and said, hey, there's a recording engineer job available. Come. So me, I thought, studio again. Okay, cool. I said, and then he said, podcast. I was like, um, are you sure? But alas, every day I'm like, oh my God, there's so many podcasts being recorded, which is also very, very fantastic. So that's a brief history of how <laughs> Doris knows Dan. Love it. And because y'all are musicians and you have experience in these other spaces, what made you say that, all right, podcasting is a way for me to go as a business person? Like, why did you say double down on podcasting and make it into an actual business? It was an interesting shift because of the pandemic. We had to close the studio where we used to set up for live. So big studio, lots of instruments and things. And then I'm very good friends with Orio Kolo, actually a person I consider a mentor. So she told me about this great space that they were setting up that they would be investing in the media in Kenya and especially independent, small media, people trying to change narrative, trying to make new ones in media. So she was talking about the Baraza Media Lab and they were setting that up and looking for partnerships and members that could join and make this lab a thing. Mm -hmm. So I came over to the lab and then I found another one of my friends, Christine Mungai, who's a curator at the Baraza Media Lab. So Chris said, you know, one of the things that is an emerging issue around the lab because I said, hey, how can I support the work that you guys are doing? Right. And she said, one of the things that's really coming out is a lot of podcasters are coming to the lab thinking that we can help them record. And I said, you know what? I know about that problem because I get the same phone calls as right, well right. about it. And so then we said, hey, let's see if we can do this together. And so Maurice Oteno, who's the executive director at the Baraza Media Lab, said, hey, would you be willing to just set this up? Initially, we were thinking we'd set it up as just a support angle. And then as we started to do it, we realized that actually what was required of us to do was a little higher than what we'd been told before. Right. <laughs> that always happens. So it was like more expensive than we thought it would be. So we said, right, okay, right. let's have a subsidized price. Mm -hmm. And so we started to share this subsidized price and say, okay, we're doing this at, I think initial prices was like 18 bucks an episode or something mm -hmm. like that. And we haven't really moved far from that. We're still, it's $20 now, mm. more or less. Is that to do post-production or is that to come in and record? Actually, Summerbox's approach is that because we deal with so many first-time podcasters, yes. we do it per episode. So we kind of eat a lot of the cost mm. to help them get in and help them get better. The large majority of the people that we work with are beginner podcasters. Yeah. So when you get better and you need more production, then we can discuss a different price right but we're starting it there so that's kind of the journey into setting up Cinemabox as a podcast production business okay let me ask you this how many shows have you all launched and what wow. are some of the shows that you're most proud of launching Dory's oh head of production <laughs> <laughs> I know this year we've had 15 different podcasts recording that's from January 10 of those are brand new podcasts gotcha so these are just the statistics from this year so maybe last year last year was 70 brand new. Yeah, 70 uh, brand new, 200 total. Different podcasts or episodes? Different podcasts. Wow. Yeah. Y'all yeah. are moving, moving. And Simmerbox <laughs> has been around since? 2020. Yeah. Love it. Love to hear it. <laughs> what do y'all feel that Simmerbox's superpower is? 
I think it's also our biggest weakness. We are very open. We're pretty mm-hmm. genre agnostic. We're going to support you no matter what your content vision is. Mm. And I think that's the thing that has helped us maximize our impact. Mm-hmm. But it's also the greatest weakness because then we have a lot of things that are here that maybe could do with some more development, you know. Right. I just thought they're more ready for the market. Mm. Speaking of Incubator and launching so many shows, you all have the Dada Podcast Incubator. Correct. Can you tell us what that is exactly, who it's for, and how the idea came about? The Dada Podcast Incubator was to position women storytellers in Africa. When we looked at the statistics of all the podcasts that are being made worldwide, top 10% of podcasters were white, mm. right? And the only like 2 or 3% were white women. So in the global South, there's no documentation or there's very little data about women podcasters. So the main idea is to position women and non-binary people to come and tell their stories. We don't have a specific genre. We're not telling you to come and just talk about women's issues. Talk about the thing that you like. Position you as a thought leader in the industry that you're in. I love it. And I'm going to be honest with you, you know, this is going to be just real talk. When I first got to Nairobi, I heard about Dada. As I became affiliated and then later hired with Afropods, myself and my CEO, Molly Jensen, we were very passionate about Dada and about female podcasts. So what we did is we were like, hey, how can we invest in you all? So we're very happy and proud of the work that you're doing. We think that it's important at Afropods, of course, also at Creative Life. (laughs) But it's one of those things where y'all are doing good work in order to give voices to people who need to be heard and they need to be heard from their perspective. And I think that's the biggest challenge of the media landscape in these parts of the world. The person with the biggest microphone tends to win. If you own a media house, then whatever you want to be, <laughs> whatever you want to say is what everybody's going to say. But with podcasting and digital media, that's the space that we can now begin to add some nuance, mm-hmm. bring some freshness, change the narrative a little bit. And the world is listening. The right. world is listening to the smaller voices. I think we can disclose this. Yeah. One of the podcasts that we recorded here, incubated here, the interviewee was nominated by the Quakers for a Nobel Peace Prize. Wow. They used that interview, that episode as part of their submission. It feels like podcasting is like you're just shouting into the ether, but there's someone out there who's listening. I want to double down on that. Y'all are doing work and eating the majority of the cost to make sure that people have a voice. In addition to that, what do you feel like is an example of the advantages of working with Simabox and Dada versus other places? Because there are other opportunities right around, but I think that Simabox is doing an amazing job. But for those who are unaware, what do you feel like are those advantages to working with Simabox and Dada? Like I said earlier, we're kind of an investor. And so we're in long term, you know, the same way VCs come and say, hey, we're going to invest in this company and we're coming with these lawyers, coming with these contacts, this network to kind of build this company so that it's better, it can grow its value. Value. That's actually what we do for podcasting. We approach the creators very much as a startup mm-hmm. and we work with them to build their product, help them bring themselves to market. Of course, you can record your podcast anywhere and we actually support many other studios that friends of ours, we collaborate with them. But what we're trying to do that's different is we want to really invest in these creators and hope that if we can get them to be commercially viable, mm-hmm. then we can finally make some money long term. We're not going to like extract it at the top, which is why we eat the majority of the cost of production Mm -hmm. to try and make it easier for these guys to make the content. And then if they are able to stay consistent Mm -hmm. and grow their audience, then we can together work on uh, monetization. Okay. 
as team members who are consistently working together. <laughs> Uh-oh, because I want to switch modes a little bit. I also want our listeners to get an opportunity to get to know y'all more in the dynamics of your relationship. But because you work together all the time, there are times where things may be less than ideal. Yeah. Right. And how do you make sure that your relationship works and flows seamlessly or even establish boundaries? Oh gosh, I think it's a good and a bad thing because Dan and I have been very good friends for such a long time. He even came to my graduation and I graduated in college. Yeah. Came for that graduation party. Nice. I think I can go as far as he knows where my village is, yeah. where my parents are right now. I think I'll get lost on the, but he knows the road. The road yeah. <laughs> he knows the road. At least he knows so we have to create a balance because this is his baby mm -hmm. and he has such passion for it. Me, this is not mine. <laughs> this is a job. What? <laughs> this is a job. I earn a salary and sometimes I mess up and I mess up big. And now you can see that this person really wants to struggle. <laughs> but he can't because now this one, Doris, is also my friend. So it's an interesting balance. Yeah. I think the thing that has helped us or him or whatever is like he does this thing where when he's annoyed, he speaks slower. <laughs> <laughs> It's not actually significantly slower, but you can just tell, okay, this person <laughs> What helps us is we are able to speak frankly about what has happened, what is wrong, and what is the way forward. And thankfully for my boss, Dana said that, there's you the person and there's you the job. Mm -hmm. take yourself out of the job and just look at the job. Yeah, which I picked up from architecture. <laughs> which you picked up from architecture. Yeah. So yeah, just look at the job. So if I'm being criticized or critiqued at work, it is my work, not me as a person, mm -hmm. Doris. On my end, that has helped. Mm -hmm. I think it's also openness. I think we've approached yeah. this with more open communication, open emotions, so that we can actually look at things. Honestly, there's lots of things I've done before the sandbox, but there's lots of things I'm still learning from Doris as well. Oh, just be more deliberate about stuff. If we need to communicate something, let's actually take the 10 minutes that we need to talk through this thing mm -hmm. and then talk through it and then go back because sometimes that sandbox is really hectic. But we need to take that time and work through something mm -hmm. and let's do that because that helps. To be honest, there's not been many situations where we needed <laughs> yeah. to kind of go in another room and talk through things. But it has really helped to be open. And Doris has a very open personality. And so that's really great because when you're talking about things and for her, she hadn't really interacted with podcasting as much when we started to do this. She's like, okay, this is what it is and let's learn through this together. But she was very open to that and that's really helpful. Well, y'all talking about openness and <laughs> you know us as creatives, we can be very sensitive about our ish. Yes, Erica. <laughs> exactly. And eccentric to yeah. say the least. Oh yeah. How do you navigate challenges in difficult clients or people that you work under? Because <laughs> that's so real. <laughs> oh my goodness. Tell me. We are in the society we are in, Africa. A lot of the times, if I'm really dealing with a difficult client, it's not that I don't know what I'm talking about, but sometimes I need Dan to apply something called patriarchy. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Apply patriarchy. Doris is saying the same thing, but because the voice of patriarchy, is not that he's a patriarchal person, it's just people who listen to a man better than they will listen to me. Gotcha. Sometimes. But there's also the other <laughs> way. When he's driving a truck and I'm like, hey, okay, now let me come and appease this person. <laughs> you know, talk slow, softly and just use the softly, softly approach. Good cop, bad cop. It interchanges when necessary. Sorry. Now I want to switch modes a little bit and start to really get down to y'all and y'all journey of making it here. 
What role would you say mentorship has played in your success and making it this far and actually really making Simmerbox what it is today and having produced and helped so many other creators? It's huge. I mean, for me, my mentor, who we call the chairman, she's been instrumental in almost every decision because just being available, just knowing I can call and say, okay, I have this situation. These are the things I'm worried about. These are the opportunities I can see. It's been really invaluable. Like, I don't know what to say. If I did not have heard available to call or text or WhatsApp, mm -hmm. I don't think would be where we are. Okay. So I'll speak as an employee of Summerbox and with the rest of my team. Podcasting as a space is very brand new. If someone says that they're expert in podcasting, <laughs> they're lying. <laughs> in this ecosystem of ours, it's very new. It's still very much new media. So Dan has interacted with it for, I think it's his sensibility coming from music and being a music producer as well. Mm -hmm. And his training as an architect, he's able to look at the breadth of a thing and he's able to create like a vision for the thing. A lot of times he's the only person who can see that. So he has to bring, he has to literally mentor the team and say, okay, I know you cannot see 10 steps ahead, but can you see the one step ahead? Okay, then do that. That kind of training, it also gives you the sensibilities. Okay, and I'm not able to see 10 steps ahead. I can be able to see two and then I'll ask him, okay, I need the other two. So he really is a mentor for all of us here at Summerbox. Yeah. Thank you for that. Love it. How do y'all stay motivated? And definitely, how did you stay motivated huh? first starting out? <laughs> is <laughs> known for the parties. By the way, one of our colleagues, a friend asked, hey, this is your office. These few people actually work because I'm always in cocktails. This is a fun place to work. Yeah. This is really a fun place to work because no day is the same. Yeah, say that. So there are days where we have a webinar we have to support. We have live streams or we support Baraza with the work that they do sometimes. Mm -hmm. Our work we do as team members of Summerbox. But there's also a thing that we do called personal projects. Huh? I've reminded you. Yeah, that those are delayed <laughs> and I need to follow up with everyone tomorrow. So, uh, personal project in our space, you can build up your skill mm -hmm. as a person, whatever it is. It just gives you motivation. Yes. Motisha, yeah. Motisha is actually the word for motivation. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's really cool. So, yeah, it gives you motivation to do something. You come to work with a new perspective all the time. I would say the team has been extremely motivating for me. A majority of them, this is their first job. So I've always at heart, I'm a teacher. And so right. this is really exciting for me when I can share something with someone and help them grow and figure out a new skill or a new way that they can apply their skill. So that's been very motivating for me. And I'd actually set something like this up sooner mm. because I feel quite refreshed because I have to learn my stuff really well to be able to teach these guys and see them be very good at it. Yeah, speaking of knowing your stuff well, I was here the other day and you were telling me that I needed to switch my editing software yeah. and start this shit. <laughs> wow, Create Your Life family. I hope that you are really enjoying this episode. I wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsors and let you know that our sponsors are giving special offers just for you. If you are a fellow busy podcaster who just wants to record and spend the rest of your time doing what you love, like working out at the gym, with family and friends are traveling use code CYLS for a discount on services when you go to podcastlaundry.com or call 347-871-8273 to schedule your consultation that's podcastlaundry.com or 347-871-8273 and without further ado let's get back to the show so I'm hearing a lot that Summerbox is a fun place to work but at times like we all do right like we get negative feedback right 
And so how do you navigate that? And then when you first received it as a company, how did you deal with it? Because sometimes, you know, you can get feedback early and it's negative and it can kind of make or break a company. But how did you navigate that and make sure that you kept going? Like I said, removing yourself from the work. So you can agree with the feedback. Yeah, (laughs) you can agree with the feedback or disagree with it. When I disagree with feedback, I normally tell my team members, okay, you look at this thing and tell Mm -hmm. me if we've done a wrong thing or what you feel about it. And then we are able to bounce off of each other. But just, yeah, removing yourself from the work and then just looking at the work as Mm -hmm. the work. If your audio is muddy, the audio is muddy. There's nothing you can do about it. And you just... EQ better. (laughs) Get rid of everything below 200. Okay. EQ better. Or you just say, okay, fine. This thing was bad. Let's re-record. Because of the volume that we've done Mm -hmm. the work at, we've had a lot of mistakes and a lot of failed things. Expensive fails at that. There's one session we went to shoot at a hotel. Part of it was our mistake because we never went to record on location before. And then that thing, we struggled, we struggled, we struggled. We closed down the studio for half the morning and we had paid work. And that recording has never seen the light of day because it was bad. And you just have to agree. Now you have that. You have the client. Other side saying, Mm. listen, guys. I also spent half my morning, right? I also spent half my morning. The people who gave us this location want output. What are we going to tell them? We are going to tell them the thing is bad and we cannot show any organization in that kind of light. So what did you do? How did you solve it? We recorded. Exactly. <laughs> I was hoping. Because you take it to other editors to look at the video footage and one editor says, I can't do anything. And then yeah. you, you still don't want to believe because you know that's painful. Eh? Oh, trust me. Going to a location, setting up, shooting on location the whole morning and it's painful. It was really terrible. It was one of the most painful lessons we've learned at Sandbox. What lesson do you feel like you learned from that? Preparation, preparation. You make sure you check once, you check twice, you check the third time. But also, you could have had the perfect setup, you could have had the perfect dry run, and then the next day, just nothing works. Yeah. Edit cannot save the problems. Or where you are supposed to take the audio from, someone has changed the keyboard. Oh, man, no, no. <laughs> so you've recorded and you're like, yeah, day one was wonderful. That first day and then the second day, you're just there like, what? We lost the whole day. The whole day. And now, what are you supposed to do? But I think the other thing that's been mm. cool and I guess it's the community that we've been working in. What I've learned through this is that we are very transparent to the client to say, okay, this thing didn't work. The failure was on our side. We apologize. We're happy to refund your money and everything. And we want to do this. But so far, we've had clients who have been very understanding when we've approached them in that way. They've said, okay, thank you for telling us. Now that this went down, what can we do to help the situation? And I think that's a critical part of this, that it's okay to make a mistake and go to the learning. But it's really important that the person you're working with Mm -hmm. is willing to allow you room to learn. One of the other things that I want to highlight just for the Create Your Life family and for the listeners is that there's not a lot of mistakes like this happening all the time, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> so it's not happening often, but I think it's important to share the transparency of the experience of running your production house and the fact that things can happen and be less than ideal, right? Yeah, yeah. And one of the biggest things that I love that you and Doris are both saying is, hey, when we make a mistake, we acknowledge it and we're willing to honor our mistake by making sure that our customer is satisfied, whether we need to re-record, whether we need to refund or do anything in order to make sure that we keep the relationship, right? Because the sustainability is a relationship is how you create a sustainable business. Correct. And I think that that is truly, truly, truly important. 
doubling down on that because you've had these different experiences that may have been less than ideal, these highs, these lows, right? Like one of my friends, Eric Fondren, he always says, man, in business, you want to keep even kill, right? <laughs> so if something great happens, you're yes. still chill. Mm-hmm. Something bad happens, you're still chill. Yeah. But we always also need a shoulder to lean on. And I know we talked a little bit about mentorship earlier in this episode, but there's also this thing about having somebody who's a champion for you. So for you, Doris and Dan, who have been your biggest champions on your journey to becoming who you are today, not just with Simabox, but like who are your biggest champions in your lives and why? The industry that we're in, I'd say Maurice, the, Maurice, the yeah, I was gonna say executive Maurice. director of Barasa Media Lab <laughs> is fantastic. Sometimes just sit and we go through the mistakes and he's like, okay, that was bad, but you guys are good. And you do this and you do this. It's like, okay, yeah, we are pretty good. And you really come out of the conversation feeling much better. And he's such a champion for Sema Box. Wherever mm-hmm. he goes, he mentions us, which yes. is invaluable because some doors would not open without him saying the name Sema Box and this is what we can do and this is what they can do. In fact, let me give you Dan's number and then this is Doris's <laughs> number and you just go. There's a lot of business we've gotten like that. Love it. He's been a great champion for the business as well. I would say outside of that, people such as Orio Colo, who I mentioned before, the chairman. Hello, chairman, if you're listening. And also partners that we've worked with quite deeply. Africa Podfest, Samilis mm-hmm. and Joe. They've also been championed for Sandbox. We've been with them in the trenches when we needed to do things and things were being bootstrapped. Right, right. <laughs> they just needed to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. So you're running a whole production on a single camera. <laughs> and then when you're running a production, multi cameras. But we've been through these things with them and they've been really helpful to us. In not only just one on one, but also in the community, because we rely on them for a lot of support, community stuff. And there's a lot of exchange. So I'd say those would be the top two. Life-wise, I think family's been great on both sides. I know for Joyce as well. For myself, family's been great because keeping us going. My mom actually is an investor in Simabox. We need to pay her back her money. Go mom. <laughs> because she bridged the gap when we had some cash flow issues and we needed to pay something quick. Stuff like that is really, really, really important when you're doing a startup. Even when they don't understand what podcast Yeah, my mom does no, like, What is a podcast? And if you really want to know that you understand something, explain it to your tech-challenged mother. <laughs> Although my mom is probably going to listen to this. My mom is not. So I <laughs> probably my siblings. I'm the last born of four and the age gap between me and my elder sister is seven years. So when I told her I work at a podcast production company, she's like, what? Well, you said four. <laughs> I actually wanted you to say 12. No, no, no. In the extended family is quite large because I'm a part of on one side of the family 36 cousins so wow yeah wow it's very many people yes yeah. that's a lot of humor <laughs> so I gotta ask y'all with having such insight with podcasting growing at such a quick pace what do you feel the future of podcasting looks like in Kenya and Africa as the a continent podcast that's definitely the fastest growing mm. space we've actually tried this we have Somali podcaster who we love who we're incubating here and plug them drop a plug for yeah, them. what's the name of the pod Fikrata Haliye. Fikrata Haliye. Yeah, Fikrata Haliye podcast. That's F-I-K-R-A-D-H-A-X-A-L-I-Y-E. Thoughts of Haliye. He's pretty huge. So we started working with him September or October last year. And I think he has well over 40 million. Yeah, his story was fantastic. Yeah, the dude is like trending on TikTok. Yeah. (laughs) He's like huge on YouTube suddenly because we end up using YouTube as a distribution channel sometimes. (laughs) He's like 15,000 subs on YouTube. Almost 400,000 likes on TikTok. And 40 million downloads. Yes. If you look at the podcast platforms only, I suspect because you have to pay. 
those numbers are big, but they're not as big. But if you look at free platforms, suddenly it's just like unbelievable. And he's making the crossover to TikTok, which is interesting as a podcasting phenomenon across the world. But Your podcast will do well on TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. And the Somali community is really huge on TikTok. So Love to hear it. So I would like for y'all to share links to his pod with us so that we can yep. put it in our show notes to make sure that we can promote him too. We're actually talking with him and Calvin, who you know very well, to port him over to that other platform that we know very well, AfriPods. So yes, let's get him on AfriPods. conversation, yeah. ASAP, ASAP. Okay, so last question before we switch sections of this interview. If you weren't doing what you were doing right now, what would you be doing? Career, hobby that you've always wanted to pursue? Tell me. A diplomat. Definitely be a diplomat, yes. I could see that. Yeah. I would be a farmer. I would be in the village uh-huh. taking care of chicken and planting. That's actually what I would retire to do. Chicken dance. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Endorse the influential one. <laughs> diplomat. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. These things we know. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. Okay, so Dan and Doris, thank y'all for that aspect of the Create Your Life series of this interview. Now things are about to get a little bit, uh, <laughs> turn up the temperature a little bit. Okay. We're going to jump into the dog dolphin tank and what is the dolphin tank yeah what is the dolphin tank well i'm happy that you asked (laughs) (laughs) it is rapid fire questions and my only question to you is are you ready i am okay real quick you got to answer in less than 60 seconds so who goes first that's between y'all okay i'm just putting you in the tank what are your goal setting methods and how do you make sure that you are growing each year I wing it this year and then make sure next year I wing it better. <laughs> Love it. That's crazy. For me, I'm an experimenter. So I try something out and then I make decisions whether it stays or not. Okay. Most challenging moment and how did you overcome it? Thankfully, my parents are not listening to this podcast. My last semester of college, I ate school fees. Oh my God. I ate the school fees, so I did not pay school fees for the last semester. So I was this close to not graduating and my dad is looking at me for, where is your graduation from? <laughs> I did not know this fraudulent <laughs> behavior. <laughs> Excuse me, and it shall not go out of this room. Okay. <laughs> I got a question. You ate the school fees? What does that mean? I was given money for school fees and I ate them. Like I spent oh, so the money. She's thinking Swahili yeah. and rendering it in English. Yeah. yeah. So you ate the money. You spent, uh-huh. you spent it. Okay. Got you. Create your life family. Don't hold it against me, you know what I'm, I'm still learning. I'm working on it. By the time we are done with you, Kevin, you will be fluent in Kenyanism. I appreciate that. Dan, how about you? I guess there have been very many for me. I'm a startup founder. It's a very lonely thing. <laughs> Every week I have one of these lows. However, come it actually, you go home in the shower, mm. best place for this, with a Bluetooth speaker, put some Bob Marley music or Lucky Dube music, very high volume, and then you cry your eyes out. <laughs> And then you come out and you face the world. <laughs> well, I'm happy that you're expressing yourself. That's where we're at with it. What do you feel was holding you back from creating your best life? Really, it's my upbringing. Like I said, I'm the last born. I really tell my parents that me, I don't think I was planned. If you look at the age gap between the first and then me and the, my elder sister is not mathing. Seven years later. So there was a lot of hand holding mm. for me in life generally. So I wasn't let to make mistakes. Mm. I wasn't allowed to make as many mistakes. Even Dan will say that, like, <laughs> you can do the thing, but me, I'm just mm-hmm, not going to do it because I'm going to make a mistake and it's not going to be perfect and everybody's going to be mad. So I wasn't allowed really to make mistakes. So right now is when I'm feeling like 
let's make the mistake or let's do the thing. It'll either be a good thing or a mistake. The good thing, thank God, it's wonderful. We move on. If it's a mistake, we learn from it and we move on. So we might have some listeners who might have what I would call been in a similar situation, like with their parents teaching them or bringing them up that way. What do you feel like was a thing that helped you break away? Start trying. I really don't have any poignant things to say. They physically left. So we have the home in Nairobi and then the home in Shags. So after they retired, Mm -hmm. they went and I was kind of left alone to navigate life. I did not know land rates, electricity (laughs) bills, garbage is collected on which day. (laughs) I really was. And I miss if I don't have money. I just draw a phone call away. Until now, those phone calls, guys are like, um, you're too old to be doing this. (laughs) I can give you half the money for the right. thing so now you learn how mm. to budget oh my god what about for you Dan what was holding you back from creating your best life I think for me it was always a lack of clarity I think I was always involved in many things I didn't have the clarity but as soon as I found clarity I feel like that's been good now when you're saying clarity are we talking about focus and intentionality or? yes intentionality more than focus because I just did many different things yeah. at the same time so intentionality is a better word <laughs> no 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 definitely alright we're going to speed this up y'all top tech that you're using to make your business run smoothly today Microsoft Teams Microsoft Teams okay yeah. Roadcaster Pro Roadcaster Pro <laughs> favorite quote or model that you live by you cannot buy a dog and back yourself Explain that again. (laughs) What just happened? (laughs) You cannot buy a dog and back yourself. So you are the head of this Create Your Life podcast and Uh you have hired editors elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And now you cannot be editing when you've hired editors. Love it. In the end, you will win. If you're not winning, it's not Not the the end. end. Oh, I love it. Favorite or most impactful book that you've read? The Animal Farm. Not the Facebook lady? The Animal Farm. Okay. I'm surprised. Shoe dog. Shoe dog. I know that one. I'm going to have to look up the animal (laughs) one. Teach me, teach me. Okay. Three jewels that you would tell someone looking to create their best life. Try, try, try and try again. Find your family and do what you can with what you have. Love it. And find your family means more like finding your tribe. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Love it. For me, it would be forget perfection, get better every day, have no fear. Have no fear. Love it. What was the last song that you listened to on your playlist? I know it already. So... (laughs) (laughs) It's a Lauren Hill track. And what? Yes. No. It's here. Imba Coca Wimbo. That's my ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> when it hurts so bad, Lauren Hill and Mary J. Blight. Yeah. For me, it was, and I can't remember the name of the song because it's in French, but it's a song by Siddiqui Diabate from Senegal. I forget the name of the song. Okay. And so I guess y'all both can jointly answer this. What's next for you and Simabox? For us, we are trying to do a podcast player. We're trying to help people get discovered. And this has been an issue that we've noticed with mm-hmm. our guys. So we're trying to work with our guys and put out a podcast player. It's a lot more complicated than we thought. And there's a lot of layers that we're not going to do, but we just want to um, have a podcast player that we can showcase especially some of the smaller podcasters that we mm-hmm. work with like the guys who are in one month unless we really need to showcase them unfortunately they don't have the commercial viability that a platform would be able to invest in giving them front page real estate so we're going to make something for that love it love to hear it how can we keep in contact with you social media handles email addresses whatever you want to share at Semabox everywhere and at Dana Seda and at Doris Onyango
Well, it's really the influential. I'm going to slide. We will let that slide. Create your life, family. This is family here that we are talking with. And Doris's Twitter does say the influential one. I am changing that tonight. Hey. Why are you changing it? Hey. No, screenshot it and then send it to me because I'm going to send it to her, you know what I mean, periodically on DM. Like, hey, I know who you are. I know who you really are. Yeah. Thank you both. And I want to say you. congratulations. Thank, Thank you so much. You have survived the dolphin tank. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but the interview is not over. Some of those questions are quick, though. Yeah, yeah. of course. It's the double take. But yeah. now we've reached a part of the interview that is called the turnaround. Okay. okay. And so the turnaround is basically where y'all get to ask me any three questions that you want, totally unplanned, totally uncensored, and I have to answer. So because it's two of y'all, it can be six if you want it to be. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? I just have one request. Please be gentle. <laughs> <laughs> those questions for finding out your password. What was your pet growing up? I had one pet. It was a dog. And then I had a fish too, but then the fish died. Love dogs here. We love yeah, yeah. dogs okay. here. Shout out to Peppa. Shout out to Zuma. Which kind of pets are these for y'all? Those are dogs. Okay. <laughs> shout out, shout out. When you first got to Kenya, what mm-hmm. is your first impression? You can be honest. Okay, so... Because it's hectic in the airport. So. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the funny part, bro. I came in 2019 and I was traveling throughout Africa for six months. I came to Kenya. It was actually kind of hectic because I low-key got pink eye traveling from Ghana to Kenya. Oh. Yeah, it was crazy. And I had to lay over. Not Kenya. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying it was. But, you know, I got here. It was pretty good. I came for one week and stayed for five. Oh. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, like, I was feeling it. It was great. I met a bunch of nice people. The weather was good. It was just straight vibes. You know, like, I knew it was K-1 on Sundays, J's <laughs> on Thursdays. You know what I'm saying? Every situation in between. Yeah. Once I came and I stayed for that five weeks, I knew that I was moving here. And so, you know, I went back to the U.S. after I finished my six months in Africa mm-hmm. and strategized and packed it up and moved on back. What was your first experience with Kenyan police? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So I got to be honest, you know, I haven't had many run-ins, but I know someone. You know what? I plead the fifth. You said you're going to answer. <laughs> I okay, okay. And this is a real someone else. It wasn't me. She's good. Influential one. Yeah. She's influenced me to ask these questions. So a friend of mine actually had came through and and came to Kenya after I got here. And I don't know what was going on with this cat, but basically he went to go and make a purchase and some undercovers caught him. And so I was chilling at the Airbnb and got a phone call like, hey man, I need you to come and bring me like, you know, some money so that I could be, you know, thinking about so that I could be relieved of the situation. So that was like my first experience. And then the next day they would be by the Airbnb saying, hey, what's up, Kev, when I'm leaving? And I'm like, bro, why do you have these guys knowing my name? Like I'm traveling, you know what I'm saying? I try to remain nobody. Like I don't need you to know me. I don't need you to know my name. I don't need you to ask me for anything. So a friend of mine actually got me to have my first acquaintance with Kenyan police. But I will say this, that the gentlemen, they were nice. It was smooth. It was a very light situation, but it was one that I was definitely upset with him for putting me in that situation. Yeah. And the fact that even when I was leaving, they was like, oh, you leaving? You got luggage with you. And I'm like, I just know who I am. I was like, nah, nah, I'm just going around the corner. I'll be back. Yeah. I was leaving the country. And I wasn't leaving the country because of them. It was the end of my five weeks, but it was yeah. definitely yeah. just one of those situations where the gentlemen were nice and I was definitely upset with my friend at the time. What do you do when you get mad? I will have a personal WTF moment. Like my face probably usually says it. I'll be like, what is happening right now? But if I'm like really, really mad, then I'll just be quiet. 
But I like usually take a walk away from the situation, try to figure out sort mm-hmm. how I'm going to manage it. Rarely will I react right there on the spot, which works to my advantage most of the time and sometimes I think to my disadvantage. So, Can I start some country wars, Dan? <laughs> oh boy. What's happening now? Go. I am opting out of the country wars in advance. Jalaw <laughs> or Jalaw? Jalaw. Ah, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> so just for the record, Jalaw is just tomato rice. Jollof is what you get when you fail at making pilau. Yikes. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna let whoever <laughs> takes that personal <laughs> handle that because it is not gonna bother me. <laughs> but I'm gonna tell y'all, you know, my CEO Molly, she has got here and, you know, she might have something to say about that. So I'm just on the Ghana side of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the Ghana side of things, you know, they be having a Jollof wars and now it's a Jollof and pilau war. So I'm gonna let y'all hold and that down. How can you take Jollof over the Every time pilau is about to be served to me, I find out that it has meat in it. Oh, right. So, you know what I mean? Like, I know that I can have some jollof. Meat to call that. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. They'll say, if you remove the meat, (laughs) (laughs) that's something else. But yeah, we should try it. We'll try that. Okay. That is part of my struggle. Being a vegetarian can be interesting. All right. Well, Dan and Doris, I want to say thank you for being on this episode of the Create Your Life series. It was awesome being here. Thanks for having us. No, my absolute pleasure. And Create Your Life family, I want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast and share it with everyone you know. Please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments to info at cyoseries.com. The Create Your Life series is executive produced by myself, Kevin Y. Brown, and produced by the Podcast Laundry Production Company. And this episode has been recorded in Simabox Studios in Nairobi, Kenya (laughs) with the fam. And so until next time, create your life and feed your ambition. Create your life. Nola Shah, the Semeso. Defaral Sadundu Bob. Shesha, what brabo? No, Deca Motorino Aku. Lebuta Undugi. Yarason here at Iftaru. Hanga Ubuzima Wifuza. Create your life. Africa X. This episode was brought to you by PodcastLaundry.com. I love Podcast Laundry. It provides a real solution to free up my time. And time is the only resource that we cannot get back. Podcast Laundry was created with love to help other fellow busy podcasters free up time so that they could do more of what they love, whether that's traveling, time with friends and family, or working on other ventures. If you want to free up your time, then have Podcast Laundry do the dirty work of note-taking, graphic creation, editing, show tagging, and uploading for you. Go to PodcastLaundry.com or call 347-871-8273 to schedule your consultation. And remember to use code CYLS. That's PodcastLaundry.com or call 347-871-8273.